Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Central Bay Pentecostal Church. We hope you'll stay a while and be blessed by the word. For more information, visit cbpchurch.org. respect for our pastor. Amen. Um, (laughs) uh, It's not easy to come up with something that's not only new, but something that's life-changing every Sunday, day in and day out. Amen. Anybody appreciative of the Word of God that we get here on a regular basis? Amen. It's anointed. It's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, whenever I fill this desk, Amen. I hope to be a blessing to somebody. Amen. And hope to keep the the race going. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, let's keep our uh, pastor in prayer this morning. He's up in Washington. He's preaching at a couple of churches this Sunday. He'll be back in town on Tuesday. But let's pray that God uses him and that he has safe travels back home. Amen. We know he's anointed. Let's pray that God's hand be uh, on those services. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bible, um, we're going to be reading from uh, two different portions of Scripture. The first one being in Matthew 21, and the second one being in 1 John number 5. Amen. Matthew chapter number 21, starting at verse number 21, and then going to 1 John chapter number 5. Amen. Matthew 21 and 21 through 22 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Verse number 22. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask. Amen. Let's say that part together. All things whatsoever ye shall ask. In prayer, believing, ye shall receive. And jump into 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 14 through 15. 1 John chapter number 5, verses number 14 through 15. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we Ask, let's say ask together. Ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Verse number 15. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. And this won't be very long this morning, but I want to preach on the thought of definitive prayer. Definitive prayer. Prayer. Amen. Let's set our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands towards heaven. Let's ask God's spirit to be in this place. That God's anointing would be in this place this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, God. We give you the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. We can't do anything without you, God. It's not by enticing words of man's wisdom, but by the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. It's by your spirit, God. It's by your anointing, Lord God. I'm asking that you would be a blessing to somebody this morning. That you would revolutionize someone's prayer life this morning, God. That we would leave here bold and encouraged and full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you want that this morning, why don't you clap your hands? Hallelujah. One more time before you're seated. Call upon the name of the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. There's no God like you, Jesus. We're excited for what you're going to do in the service today. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. It is no secret that the Bible places the utmost importance and value on prayer. The words prayer and pray are found within scriptures 413 times. The very words of this Bible that we hold so dear was inspired by the Spirit of God. So even to understand it and get proper revelations, we must be prayerful people. As you flip through the pages of the Word of God, you find endless examples of people praying in various different life circumstances. Just a few verses prior to our text that we read in Matthew today, you find Jesus himself flipping over tables and driving the money changers out of the temple, declaring that his house would be called a house of prayer. In the 26th chapter of Matthew, you'd find Jesus praying with blood falling from his face in the Garden of Gethsemane on the cusp of, the, of facing his greatest test. In Luke chapter number 23, we find Jesus praying for the very people who were torturing him and nailing him to the cross. So not only in the pages of this great book would we find examples of great men and women that prayed, but our own Savior, Jesus Christ, showing us the true importance of prayer. Prayer is the lifeline of any born-again believer. It is through prayer that we have communication with the God of eternity. It is through communication that we begin to form and craft a relationship and a closeness to God. It's kind of loud, huh? Sorry about that. <clears throat> Amen. It's the prayer of repentance that opens the door for salvation to begin working in our hearts. It is through prayer of faith that we are filled with His Spirit. And 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 4 lets us know that praying in the Spirit is how we edify ourselves. And although we have all these wonderful examples of prayer, and although we know what prayer can do for us, we find all across this apostolic movement that many people still struggle to pray. Amen. Some struggle Amen. to pray daily, while others are struggling because they don't know the proper way to pray. Some people may not pray at all, while others may pray often, but are still not seeing results. The problem is that people are falling into the trap of becoming complacent and familiar with the routine of prayer. Too many times in prayer, we just punch the time clock with God, and 30 minutes roll by, or even an hour roll by, and we feel as if we've accomplished something Yet in that time frame, we just repeated the same words over and over again. Amen. We find in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse 7, Jesus warning, of, warning us of this 
when he said, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And we leave prayer frustrated. We leave prayer powerless. We leave prayer unchanged. And the very lifeline of our walk with God begins to go slack. Amen. And we're going somewhere. Just hang with me. Amen. What we need and what the apostolic church needs is a revival of definitive prayer. Can I tell you that specific needs are not met through general prayers? Ten minutes of anointed, fervent, direct praying is more effective than a thousand hours of repetitive speech. The world that we live in is lost. It's dark and it's on its way to hell. And it's time for the church of the living God to arise and to turn on the lights and begin to pray definitively. The world is direct. It's blatant. It's in your face with its sin and perverseness. And it's time for the church in response to be direct with prayer, to be direct in outreach, and to be direct on what it is that we believe. The time for being quiet is over. The time for being timid is over. The time for being shy and complacent is over. We need the church of God to get in the spirits that when I kneel down to pray, I'm not just saying words, but I'm going to war in the spirit. No more being generic. No more going through the motions. But I'm going to begin to attack the strongholds of the devil strategically Amen. through prayer. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to be afraid to pray for the things that I need because I'm scared that God's not going to answer. Hey man, I'm going to begin to pray specifically for my family. I'm going to pray directly over my finances. I'm going to pray definitively for my healing. And I'm going to pray definitively for my blessing and for my miracle. Hey man, the beautiful thing about praying definitively is it makes you vulnerable. You reach a place in life where there's nothing you can do to get yourself out of the situation that you're in. And it's only God that can save you and answer the prayers that you're praying. So instead of praying generally, when something good happens, you wonder if it was God or if it was just chance. But the difference when you pray for something specifically is that when it happens, you know without a shadow of doubt that it was the hand of God on your life answering your prayers. Amen. And your faith will begin to grow and your testimony begins to grow. And you can look back and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, hallelujah, I would have no hope. I would be homeless. I would be starving. I would have lost my mind a long time ago. But I prayed definitively and God answered me definitively. Amen. God already wants to do it. God wants to get the glory. And oftentimes you find in the Bible God backing the children of Israel in a corner so that when they they had no other option but to pray specifically for deliverance. And when that deliverance came, there was no doubt that it was the God of all creation that brought them out of that situation. Amen. For God said in Isaiah 42 and 8, I will not give my glory to another. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody, he already wants to do it. But we have to ask. We have to pray definitively. He said, ask and it shall be given you. He said, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Amen. In our text, he said, all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. 
Amen. He said, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. We need a revival of specific praying. Amen. Amen. It's not that we don't pray. It's that we need to get more specific in our prayers. Amen. We need to boldly approach the throne of grace and let our petitions be known. It's not enough to say, God, heal me. You need to say, God, heal me of cancer. It's not enough to say, God, help me. But you need to say, God, I need help paying rent this month. What we desperately need is a revival of definitive prayer. I understand that there are an array of different ways to pray. There's the prayer of repentance. There is intercessory prayer. There is prayer and supplication. And we understand that prayer can take on various different forms, whether it be praise or worship or thanksgiving. We also know that we can break down the Lord's prayer and all of this is good and necessary and the will of God. But the easiest way to revolutionize your prayer life is to simply get specific when you pray. Hallelujah. And as God begins to answer prayers that you know without a shadow of a doubt, you specifically pray for, not only will your faith begin to rise, but prayer will go from being a chore to something that we look forward to doing. Amen. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter number 4. 1 Chronicles chapter number 4. What you'll find is in the midst of the list of descendants from the tribe of Judah, one man, his name pops out at you. His name is Jabez. Now we know Paul, we know Peter, we know uh, Moses, we know David. But how many of you know who Jabez is? Anybody know who Jabez is? Not much is known about Jabez. In fact, Aside from the two verses that we're going to read in Chronicles 4, um, verse 9 and 10, he is only mentioned one other time in the Bible in the form of a city that had been named after him. Let's read in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10 what the Bible has to say about Jabez. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Amen. We understand the biblical significance and importance that is placed on names that were given to the people in those times. But we find is that although Jabez, the Bible tells us, was born in sorrow and and the very name he carried was a constant reminder of what his destiny should have been. But Jabez decides to pray. He doesn't just pray a generic watered down prayer, but he begins to get specific and pray a definitive prayer. There were four things that Jabez prayed for. The first being that God would bless him indeed, that his coast or his territory would be enlarged. Number three, that the hand of God would be on him. And number four, that God would keep him from evil. 
What we find is that Jabez prayed a definitive prayer. He was specific. And the Bible lets us know at the end of verse number 10 that God granted him everything that he requested. The only thing that kept Jabez from being another name on a long list that we just read over is that he was specific in his prayer and that God answered him. It would have been easy for him to give in to the fact that he was born in sorrow and that his days would be full of sorrow. But Jabez chose not to give in to what people told him he should be. And Jabez decided to hit his knees and pray to the almighty living God. What am I saying? I'm telling you that the beautiful thing about this gospel is it doesn't matter what kind of situation that you were born in. You can come from a poor family. You can come from a broken home. Everything and everyone around you can tell you that there's no way you can be used and live a victorious life. But as you begin to pray, as you begin to pray specifically, God will hear you. God will transform your life and God will answer your prayer. Amen. But we have to get specific in what it is that we're praying. Hallelujah. You are not defined by the hurt and the failures of your past. Hallelujah. I'm preaching that you can pray definitively and God can change your life. He can place an anointing on you. He can allow you to be a vessel that sees people healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. He can turn your sorrow into joy. He can turn your mourning into dancing. We just have to boldly approach the throne of God and make our petitions known. Amen. Because Jabez decided to pray a definitive prayer. He went from being just known as another name on a list to a man who was known as being someone who prayed for something and that God answered him. Amen. I'm reminded of another story that's found in Mark chapter number 10. The story of Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter number 10. The Bible lets us know that he sat on the side of the highway begging. And as the multitude, multitude I'm sorry, thronged around Jesus following him and his disciples, we find Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then the Bible tells us that many in the multitude charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried even the more, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And we find Jesus stood still and commanded Bartimaeus to come to him. Let me just interject here that if you need a miracle or a healing or an answer to a dilemma that you are facing, you need to come to where Jesus is. Hallelujah. When I have needs that need to be met by God, that's not my time to stay home from church. Hallelujah. I need to make my way to the house of God. When you're feeling overwhelmed, it's not a time to sit at home with your head hanging down. But when I'm in my lowest moment and I need answers, I need to make my way to the house of God. I need to go to where Jesus is. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So we find Jesus commanding blind Bartimaeus to come to him. And Bartimaeus cast off his garment and is led to where Jesus is. And I want us to pay close attention to what happens next. Found in Mark chapter 10 and verse number 51. The Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? 
Now we know that God knows all things. On top of that, Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. He was standing before this man and Jesus Christ had eyes just like you and I did. Just like you and I do. <laughs> and he could see with his own eyes that this man was blind. Up until this point, Bartimaeus only asked for him to have mercy on him. Hallelujah. Watch this. At the end of verse number 51, God says, what wilt thou that I should do to thee? But we already read that Bartimaeus was praying for God to have mercy on him. But what we find, it wasn't enough. Bartimaeus, if you want your eyes to be opened, it's not enough just to make a generic prayer. It's not enough just to ask for mercy. There's people that are thronging me. There's people that are surrounding me. That mercy, that need mercy. He said it's not enough to just say, I need mercy. He said, what wilt thou that I do unto thee? And it's not until we find that Bartimaeus says that I might receive my sight. Then in verse number 52, Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Come on, Bartimaeus, it's not enough to tell me that you need mercy. Everyone needs mercy. Generic prayers aren't going to get the job done. You have to be specific. And it wasn't until he said, I want to receive my sight that we find that God heals him. And not only did he heal him, but he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Can I tell you, it takes faith to pray definitive prayers. But once we begin to break out of the routine, once we begin to break out of the status quo, God will hear from heaven and he will answer our prayers. Hallelujah. The last story I will, will relate to you is found in Luke chapter number 23. As Jesus hung on the cross, Two other people beside him were being crucified. The one was mocking him, and he said, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other man we find rebuking him. This is found in Luke chapter number 23 and verse number 40. Let's read what the other man had to say. Luke chapter number 23 and verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly for receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Hallelujah. There's something about specific requests that God cannot ignore. And as Jesus hung there with the crown of thorns on his head, his side pierced, his hands nailed to the cross and lashes all over his back. We find Jesus saying, verily, I say unto, thee, say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Can I tell you, you cannot inconvenience God. There's never a bad moment to talk to God and make our petitions known. Hallelujah. I know it may be hard. I know it may not be comfortable. I know it may take a lot of faith. But if we ever are going to be able to be effective in evangelism and in our communities and in our homes, we are going to have to have a revival of definitive Amen. prayer. Let me remind you that Elijah preached 
specifically that it might not rain. Elijah prayed specifically about fire falling from heaven. Hannah prayed specifically for a child. In Acts chapter 12, the church prayed specifically in regards to Peter's imprisonment. David prayed specifically for forgiveness. Abraham prayed specifically for a hair. Jacob prayed specifically for deliverance from Esau. Joshua prayed definitively for the sun and the moon to stand still. Gideon prayed definitively for revelation and guidance. Samson prayed definitively for one last victory. Paul prayed for instruction. Peter prayed for the healing of the lame man. The disciples prayed for boldness and power. It was 120 people praying definitively for the Holy Ghost that were filled with the Spirit. If we're going to have revival, it's going to take definitive prayer personally and collectively. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that it's not worth it. Your prayers can be effective, but you need to begin to pray specifically. Hallelujah. We need to be definitive when we pray for salvation. We need to be definitive when we pray for healing. And we need to be definitive when we pray for blessings. Hallelujah. I know what it's like to grow up in church and somebody comes and they need the Holy Ghost. Or maybe they need a healing specifically in their body. And you go and you lay your hand on their back and on their shoulder. And you say, and you know, let's just say for instance, they're blind and you know they're blind. Amen. But you don't say, God, heal them. Heal them of their blindness. What you find yourself saying is, God, touch them. God, have your way on them. Amen. Because we're intimidated to pray definitively. Amen. But if anything is ever going to happen in the church in this day and hour, it's going to be because there was a bunch of people who made it up in their mind that I'm not no longer going to be afraid. I'm no longer going to be timid. I'm no longer going to be afraid to make my petitions and my requests made known to God. Hallelujah. Whether you're in this house and you're Jabez, you had a rough past and a sorrowful beginning and everything and everyone around you are saying there's no way out that this is your destiny and this is your fate or your Bartimaeus crying out while others mock you you can pray a definitive prayer and it changed the circumstances around you come on child of God don't give up don't get tired of praying don't give up hope God hears you God will answer you and we can be sure that when we pray definitively that God will answer us Hallelujah. let's stand for our feet this morning Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Too often we give in to the lies of the devil that we think that it takes somebody who's a preacher or it takes somebody who's a prophet or it takes somebody who's an evangelist or it takes a youth leader to see prayers that can be prayed effective. Can I tell you, it doesn't have to be our pastor. It doesn't have to be me. But each and every one of you standing in this place, if somebody comes in here and they need the Holy Ghost, you can lay your hands on them and they can receive the Holy Ghost. If somebody comes into this place and they need a healing in their body, it doesn't take me. You can lay your hands on them and they be healed. Hallelujah. We need a revival of definitive prayer. Hallelujah. Anybody else feel that way this morning? I'm not going to be ashamed anymore, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if my family's going to be saved, 
I gotta call them out one by one. I gotta say their name. I gotta say what I want you to do. I gotta say what I want you to deliver them from. It's not enough to ask you, God, just to touch them. But God, I need you to go to where they're at. I need you to interrupt their day. I need to put you to put their hand on their life. I need you to heal them of drugs. I need you to heal them of alcohol. Come on, somebody. We need to pray definitively. Hallelujah. God is no respecter of persons. Come on, Jabez. Your name is Sorrow. But in the midst of sorrow, you can lift up a prayer that touches the throne of God. Come on, Bartimaeus, you have nothing to offer anybody. You don't have your eyesight. You're a beggar. You're begging for money. But if you ask me specifically, I will answer your prayer. Speak specifically into your world. Somebody leave this fake place with your face stirred up. That says, I'm going to make my petitions known. Maybe you prayed about it a thousand times before. But let's get specific. If we're going to see revival and growth, we have to pray definitively. These altars are open. Hey man, let's come. Let's lift up our hands. Let's worship God. Let's talk to him specifically this morning. Let's push past our emotions and what we feel. Hallelujah. Let's ask God specifically. Hallelujah to touch my situation.